Every Wednesday, we download a new decal download, and we are glad you're back with us here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning for the Decal Download Podcast, your source for the latest news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. I'm Reg Griffin. We appreciate you joining us this week. You can always find us at decal.ga.gov or on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Well, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, Georgia received over $2 billion in federal money to help stabilize the childcare industry, increase access to high-quality childcare for all families of young children, and support the state's early childhood education workforce. The money comes from the Federal Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplemental Appropriations Act and from the American Rescue Plan. Commissioner, now we're announcing how we will spend the remaining $400 million in a list of projects supporting child care providers, the ECE workforce, families, and other groups. And because this is so much to cover, we've been doing three different podcasts. So season four, episode 47 with Elizabeth Casper talked about projects supporting families. Season four, episode 51 with Pam Stevens and Dr. Bentley Ponder talked about projects supporting child care providers. And today we're talking about the third and final episode with Susan Adams, our deputy commissioner of Georgia's pre-K and instructional supports, talking about projects supporting the ECE workforce. Yes, uh, 19 projects in all, which is why we needed to uh, split it up into several different podcasts. And uh, we have a lot of projects uh, surrounding the ECE workforce and how to support them, support folks entering the workforce, support them while they're in the workforce. And um, I'm happy that Susan's here to tell us all about those. Susan is here. She's our Deputy Commissioner for Georgia's Pre-K Program and Instructional Support. Susan, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today and talk about um, the work that we're going to do that's going to support um, our workforce, which I might say are the most crucial um, projects in all of the work that we can support the people every day on the front lines. They're supporting um, kids um, every day in classrooms across the state. Absolutely. To some extent, we have saved the best for last. And we are glad if you're listening and you're in the EC workforce We are so excited about some of these projects. Very innovative, I've got to say. As we go along, I think you'll notice uh, that we're doing some really, really cool things. Commissioner, before we talk to Susan, remind us how this plan was put together, how you got feedback from employees, advocates, and others. So, uh, Reg, as you you said, we did receive $2 billion, uh, which is a large sum of money that uh, we're not used to with the intent of getting that out the door to help stabilize child care. But because it was such a large amount of money, uh, we wanted to make sure that we knew exactly uh, the best ways to provide that to child care. And so we worked with the Urban Institute to do some stakeholder engagement. And they engaged with child care providers, with teachers, with families, with our own staff to help us come up with these 19 projects. And Susan, a lot of people, when they think about DECAL, they think about us working with children birth to five. But this first project supporting the ECE workforce is actually aimed at school-age children with grants, training, and coaching opportunities. Tell us about that. Right. Um, You're correct. Most of the time, people associate um, children birth to five um, with DECAL, but we also support a large number of school-age professionals. Um, The largest amount of our CAP scholarships go to support children in aftercare programs and summer programs. 
And we really um, haven't had the opportunity to do a lot of focus on school age work. And so we have some projects that will focus on um, developing a credential for school age um, professionals, look at training and on-site coaching, because we know that out-of-school time um, is important. And we want to support those um, that workforce who works with those school age children. Well, next up is an ECE task force to help in the recruitment and retention of a skilled early care and education workforce, where we're looking at aligning our Georgia career ladder with the NACI unifying framework. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, Commissioner, you spoke about um, the large amount of feedback we got when we worked with the Urban Institute to talk about um, what was needed um, in the system. We want to bring back experts, teachers, um, partners from higher ed, trainers, administrators to really now dig deeper into what are the issues around um, the workforce and what are some really concrete um, strategies to improving retention and recruitment and professionalization of the workforce so that then we can make sure that we have that skilled workforce that we need for birth to five. A critical part of this task force is looking at a lot of work that's already been done by the National Association for the Education of Young Children as they've looked at their work around um, the workforce. So we'll be using some of those recommendations to guide some of our discussions in the task force. And certainly this is a great opportunity to get feedback from the professionals, the teachers in the classroom. You know, over the past couple of years, I guess we've heard a lot about the shortage of teachers in early childhood education. Susan, we're using some of these funds to help with that by expanding access to the Child Development Associate and adjusting eligibility for DECAL scholars. Yes. So um, one of the key areas that we want to focus on is recruitment of staff, which, of course, recruiting staff and giving them a credential will help in retaining them. We have a program called DECAL Scholars that's federally funded, supports the workforce in scholarships and incentives, you know, to get credentials. We're going to be focusing a great deal of this money on an entry-level credential. The CDA or the Child Development Associate is a nationally based um, credential that people can get from a wide variety of um, providers. So trainers, the technical college system, and we're going to be pushing a lot of funds towards supporting the full cost of getting that credential and then also supporting providers so that more people um, have access to that credential. That's a short-term solution to get people that are interested in working in um, early childhood in the field and with a, a qualifying credential quickly. Um, and so we'll be looking at, are there any barriers in the DECAL Scholar current policy and addressing them and then putting funds toward the full cost of getting that credential. What about ECE professionals who want to continue their education and maintain employment in the ECE field? Right. So we have a lot of professionals that um, have an entry-level credential and are interested in moving up, um, but there are barriers um, that within the system that we'll be looking at and trying out some things to make those higher level credentials, whether it's a technical degree 
or a bachelor's degree more attainable for our workforce. So things like exploring apprenticeships and internships, exploring alternative pathways, and that task force will be a, a key partner in identifying where the issues are and how do we be um, innovative so that we can um, maintain people in the workforce and support them in getting higher credentials that of course would lead to higher compensation for those individuals. This week on the podcast, we're talking with Susan Adams, who's our Deputy Commissioner for Georgia's Pre-K and Instructional Supports about funding that is going for the ECE workforce. And if you've been listening to the podcast since 2020, you know that we have issued three payments of $1,000 each to the workforce known as power payments. But uh, Susan, with these current funds, we have something new called Power Up to help teachers attain higher credentials. Tell us about that. Uh, we've put out um, over $90 million out to the workforce in those power payments. And those uh, payments went directly to individuals working um, every day in childcare and early learning programs at Star Georgia Pre-K. And we felt like that was a really great investment um, during the pandemic. But we also know that we've got to now shift to new strategies as we look at, you know, time-limited money and then also long-term goals. And one of our long-term goals is that retention. We have a lot of people in our workforce that are very committed and have great skills for, um, for working with young children. We want to support them in getting those higher credentials. And so in this new re-envision of Power Up, it will move to supplements for people that are in the workforce currently working and then also looking at enrolled in one of those higher credential programs. So, well, an initial credential, so a CDA, a technical diploma, a bachelor's, and we will pay, a, are going to pay a wage supplement while they're pursuing that credential to support them. Um, in addition to paying for um, cost of the credentials or our scholarship program, this will be a bonus to the individual that they'll get ongoing while they're enrolled in that program. And then at the end of that program and they get their credential, their bachelor's or their CDA, there's also an award that we give. So, so money during it, and then at the end, a, a bonus payment for getting that credential. We're hoping that that helps move past the power payment to really focusing on individuals that are in our workforce, committed to staying in our workforce, and getting higher credentials. Well, we've made a lot of progress in raising awareness around children's mental health, including the addition of a new staff person, Laura Lucas, who is our director of infant and early childhood mental health. But we're also using funds to increase support to families and help teachers understand mental health development and supports here in Georgia. What is that going to look like? Yeah, we're really excited that we're going to take a portion of these dollars to really look at um, supporting the next step in mental health. I know Laura has been on the podcast. If you haven't listened to her, you should go back and listen um, to that uh, podcast. We've done a lot of work on um, looking at Medicaid and billing, um, building the workforce. These funds will allow us to move into a next phase that looks at consultation for, for programs uh, child care programs. And so these will be professionals, uh, mental health professionals 
that are going through and working with Georgetown University to get a mental health consultation credential, and then we'll be piloting that mental health consultation program with child care programs around the state so we can understand what does that look like. And when we talk about mental health consultation, people, you know, don't exactly know what that means. So there's mental health services so like psychotherapy or, or play therapy that a child and a parent might get together. This is about supporting um, the child care provider um, in supporting that child in that program. So they could do training with staff to understand mental health challenges. They could go into programs and support um, teachers on site. So mental health consultation really looks at a more holistic view of supporting children, young children's mental health, both in understanding it and then also implementing best practices there on site within a program. We're excited because this will allow us to learn more about it. So then we'll know how to use our resources moving forward to expand these services to more programs across the state. We've always stressed the importance of the pyramid model in promoting the social and emotional development of young children. Uh, in this plan, we're talking about providing that training online with support from DECAL specialists. Talk about that. Pyramid model is a research-based program that looks at supporting development of positive social-emotional skills in young children and supporting positive climate within classrooms, which of course is going to support those skills. Many people are familiar with Positive Behavior Interventions and Support, or PBIS, which is the K-12 model that Georgia uses. Pyramid is the model for children birth to five that supports early learning programs. Um, children need to be taught social-emotional skills just like they need to be taught everything else. We support teachers in teaching literacy and math. We also need to support them in how to teach good social-emotional development. That looks like things like friendship skills and sharing and self-control, what to do when something doesn't go right in my classroom. So this is a large number of money focused on um, child care programs and professionals working in those, um, Head Start, Pre-K, to support those teachers in getting the knowledge through these online learning modules, and then also getting support and coaching within programs through professional learning um, communities and on-site coaching from our DECAL um, specialists. So we're really excited about this. Um, it's a pretty large expansion, and it's something that's really needed, especially if we see children that are coming out of the pandemic. So we have children that may have less experience being in a classroom settings, children that have experienced more trauma, the pyramid model is a way to support teacher with teachers with the skills they need to make those classrooms run more smoothly and support children in that social emotional development. Well, we also have something called OLLI for Online Learning Library Initiative, which is part of our Georgia PDS system. And we're looking at expanding that content for substitute teachers and new teachers. Yeah. So one of the things that the pandemic did teach us was some skills around how to do better online training and training that really um, supports the skill of teachers and knowledge development and then provides some things that they can practice within their own classrooms. So we've learned a lot about how to do online training. OLLI is our online training module and we really wanna use the funds to support 
a need that we heard in that stakeholder feedback, which was um, the need to have substitute teachers, qualified people that can come in when people are sick or need to take leave. And so we'll be developing an online course that um, individuals that are interested in being a sub in our early learning program will get them the um, training that they need around health and safety, around understanding how to interact with kids, may, um, and then also connect them with how they get a background check. And this will also be a way for providers to be able to be searched for those individuals that are interested in being a substitute. And then we're also going to be looking at modules that are needed for onboarding of new teachers so that they can get that credential, I mean, get that initial knowledge they might not have before they get a credential. And this was also something that was identified in our stakeholder um, feedback was how do we support with the influx of new people into um, our workforce? How do we support them in quickly and efficiently getting them the knowledge and skills they need to be ready to be going to those classrooms? Or so we're excited about the opportunity to use our online system um, as a tool for that. Great idea. Last but not least, something our teachers are already seeing with the start of the school year, and that's uh, the $125 Teachers Supply Grant that helps them with classroom and program supplies uh, during the school year. So um, we're really excited as um, the governor's office talked about these supply grants for K-12, that we were also able to give them to educators in birth through five. Um, as a former classroom teacher, I know teachers um, like and need stuff in their classroom, especially young children. Children learn through interacting with materials, whether that's Play-Doh or soft-sided books for infants or writing materials in a preschool classroom. Um, this allows for teachers to go on a platform called Class Wallet so they don't have to fool with getting money or waiting. They go onto the system. There are appropriate um, vendors for them to select for select from and they can get classrooms specific to what they need in their own classroom and to the children they're teaching this year. So we're excited that teachers are already on that platform ordering those um, exciting things for their classrooms and they're being delivered right now so that they can go ahead and use those. And so it's always good if we think about educators, that we're thinking about educators all the way from our teachers and birth classrooms all the way through high school. Um, so we're excited for teachers, but we're also excited that we're expanding kind of how we think about the workforce as birth through high school and the opportunity to get them the materials they need. Well, Susan, I know you're passionate about all of these projects, uh, but do you have one or two that are your favorite? Yes, I have a lot of passion for all of them. <laughs> I do think as we think about um the work around social emotional projects, so the pyramid model and the mental health um, work. I think it's an exciting opportunity to build upon the foundation DHAL's already set. We've already done a lot of great work in this area. We have our behavior and inclusion specialists who work with programs across the state. We have our SEEDS helpline where, where families or teachers or administrators can call to access um, those coaching supports and resources. 
And so it's a really exciting opportunity to build upon that work. And so um, while I'm excited about all the projects, I think that's a real opportunity as we think about both the social emotional work through Pyramid and then also mental health is something we know has been a really necessary key part of supporting young children and their families. And it's very exciting to see that work coming um, to reality. And looking at the consultation pilot will just give us so much information about how to move that work forward. And Commissioner, let me bounce that question back to you. What uh, excites you most of this part of the plan for the ECE workforce? Gosh, there's so much uh, in this big plan. Uh, it's hard to choose just one. Um, there's just there's just a lot of good work that's going to happen as a result of this, just generally um, to move things forward for the workforce. And I think, you know, DECAL has done a lot for the workforce over the 18 years of its existence and even before that. And so I'm just excited to see where we move forward because I think we can be a leader in this. Uh, George has been a leader in early learning for many, many years. And uh, I think all states are dealing with this, these same workforce issues. And I hope to see Georgia become a leader as a result of these projects. Yeah. Um, Susan may have come up with a slogan and not even known it. She said, short-term money, long-term goals. There you go. And so we know that this is limited funding, even though it sounds like a lot, uh, but you do have to get laser focused on what you're going to do and the impact you're going to have. So it's short-term money. Um, that's only with us at this one time, not an ongoing thing per se, uh, but we do want to see long-term goals uh, achieved and the impact of it uh, really making a difference here in the state of Georgia. Susan, if uh, someone's listening today, a teacher, um, someone in the ECE workforce, where can they go for more information on these projects and who best to address any questions, Joe? So always, as we think about projects that are coming out um, directly for the workforce around like things like scholarships and incentives and power, I would direct them to our DECAL Scholars um, website. Um, that's going to be the website that it's going to give the teacher the um, direct information of how to access, you know, Power Up or the CDA program. Right now, we're getting ready to roll those things out. We also have information on our DECAL website. If you have specific information about a project, people can reach out to me or they can reach out to Christy Moore, who's our Director of Professional Learning. Great. Christy's got a great team, too. They've been working really hard on power payments, but also ongoing work with Georgia PDS and a lot of other things that are going on. Uh, to help the ECE workforce. So I bet you probably know her name if you're listening today. Susan, this is great information. Uh, believe it or not, that completes our series of podcasts on Decal Spending Plan for CRRSA and ARPA funding. Remember, three installments, Season 4, Episode 47, Elizabeth Casper was here talking about projects supporting families. So go back and listen to that. Season 4, Episode 51, Pam Stevens and Dr. Bentley Ponder talking about projects supporting child care providers. And of course, today, Susan Adams talking about uh, funding for the ECE workforce. You can review the entire plan on our website at decal.ga.gov. Susan, as always, we appreciate it. Thank you. Now, what are your questions for Commissioner Jacobs? Let's go to the water cooler. Hi, Commissioner Jacobs. This is Justin, your Decal Download Podcast producer. My question for you this week is, how much time do you spend in your daily job on virtual calls and meetings? I know this is a very important part of your job. Thank you. 
Well, Justin, I think this might be the first question I received from you as our uh, podcast producer, even though we've been doing this for many years. Uh, so I'm on a lot of virtual meetings uh, back to back to back to back to back. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it feels like over eight hours a day because, you know, you think if you get a virtual meeting, you don't have to travel to another meeting. And so you might as well just do it back to back with no travel time in between. And while there's definitely benefit and thankful that we were able to move to do virtual meetings as a result of COVID, it gets a little tiring and I definitely prefer an in-person meeting. So um, there's just, it's just something better about, uh, you know, the personal interaction that's not via screen, but also thankful that we have the, the ability to do a virtual. Yeah, I think they'll probably always be around to yep. some extent, yep. um, but uh, we're seeing more and more in-person meetings, which is good. We are. Yeah, it's good to be back uh, together. And I, I think everybody's trying to figure that out. I think we've uh, struck a good balance with a nice hybrid approach to, you know, being in the office or being virtual and, and having those options available to our team. So I think that's good. I do remember, Reg, you probably remember this when we were all about to go home in April of 2020 is when we finally went home and Dennis Bryce, our CIO, introduced us to Skype. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That was a very funny experience because none of us had used Skype or virtual meetings or no. Teams or Zoom. And boy, it was hilarious. How far we've come <laughs> yes. since then. Yeah. And th there was a lot of, can you hear me now? Yes. A lot of muted <laughs> microphones, you know, people making great points, but that you couldn't hear them. That's right. Um, so, and now we've kind of come around to Zoom and team meetings, teams. I guess. Right. I don't think Skype is supported anymore. I don't think so. Yeah. But yeah, we've learned a lot, and um, and thankfully, um, with technology, we've learned how to incorporate folks that now, due to distance, they're not prohibited from being a part of the meeting that's as right. needed. That's so right. that's good. Yeah. Time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in our decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Name one of the nine initiatives among the projects supporting the ECE workforce. You just heard Susan Adams going through the whole list. Name just one of the nine initiatives among the projects supporting the ECE workforce. You might win a prize from Chick-fil-A, Georgia Aquarium, Georgia Lottery, The School Box, Shake Shack, Waffle House, Wild Adventures Theme Park, and the World of Coca-Cola Museum. Once again, name one of the nine initiatives among the projects supporting the ECE workforce. Email us at decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. You could be a winner. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the Decal Download Podcast. The Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning improves outcomes for children and families by strengthening early learning experiences and partnership with early education programs, professionals, stakeholders, families, and communities. Their vision is that every child in Georgia will have equal access to high-quality early care and education. For more information, visit their website at decal.ga.gov. Join the conversation at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M-Jacobs. Thank you.